Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. You see all Irish Hey, welcome to the Chris and Craig show. And, and Craig, I got to bring this up. Should have mentioned this before the podcast. We actually had a question going, where's Brandon? Why is this the Chris and Craig show? Let's remind people, Brandon is on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, two people quit Brandon's job, um, Byron. Um, so Brandon, wow. Brandon is kind of dealing with increased expectations. And it's a lot. He works for a small place. We understand it completely. So, you know, hey, we're a two-man crew for now, but we always bring in a third person. And, hey, you might be like, hey, I'm going to recognize this guy. Well, you should because he partners with us on our podcast. You hear his Hope Interrupted podcast once a week. You hear his ad. Byron, I'm putting your ad at the end of every show. So people listen to every show. They probably have heard you like 3,000 times or how many other podcasts we've done overall. But it's Holy Byron Byron, how are you doing? I'm great. Better that I'm with Chris and Craig, Craig and Chris show. I'm, I'm a lot better now. You know, we're talking, and but people don't know where where we're talking or what time we're talking. But I think we probably all are taking a little bit of little bit of a break, and uh, it's been a, it's been a day. But you know, well, we're if, here. If you could talk about it, you, we were talking the other day. You're launching a podcast for your your full time job. It sounds like you're having a week, Byron. Yeah, I mean, guess a good week you're producing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, it has been a great week. I'm having okay. a good week. We we um, we did launch a podcast uh, mm-hmm. at Cincy Tech, which is terrific. You know, we 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 don't have it branded yet, so we don't know what to call it. But we're thinking about calling it. Let's not talk about COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, don't ask us for names of podcasts. Right, right. We have the Chris and Craig show, which is not very original, right, but right. that's who we are, so it made sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, don't ask us for any advice on, on naming the podcast. Yeah, well, I tell you, we we are we we are playing. We're toying with unmuted too, since over the, okay. the okay. over the COVID, you know, days. Your your is your you know take turn your mute on. Turn your turn your mute mute off. So. We're playing with that, but it's a, it's a podcast that's hosted by our CEO, Mike Venerable, and he um, is really curious about a lot of stuff, and he's got a lot of stuff to be curious about because in the Cincy Tech, if people don't know it, it's a venture capital firm uh, based in Cincinnati. There are several like it around the state, enabled by Ohio's uh, third frontier many years ago, uh, and it, they have just had some really cool uh, wins in the state in investing in startups, early stage startups. So 
uh, we're going to be talking to one of several of our startups over time here. We're starting out with a great scientist, a former PNG scientist. Her name is Dr. Jan uh, Rosenbaum, and her company is called Curome, which is looking at uh, looking at stopping cancer uh, oh, from from resisting cancer treatment. It's uh it's a great uh, it's a great therapy. So that's the first one. Yeah. What kind of um, projects uh, like venture capital could be anything, but is there mm -hmm. certain types of pro projects they like to specialize in? Mm hmm. That's a good question. Um, Cincy Tech made it made a made it its uh, business to invest in life sciences, mm -hmm. uh, which would be you know, like what I what what I just talked about, you know, life sciences would be, uh, you know, uh, it, it it could it could be, a, you know, a therapy that we're talking about. Uh, it could be, you know, other therapies that are that that are working on, you know, ocular issues. Um, it, it, it could be, you know, a universal starting off as a universal flu vaccine, but moving into other things. Yeah. And then they're, they're investing into tech. So, uh, biotech that's, you know, biomedical, that's, that, that's basically what we were just talking about with tech. So, uh, you know, there, there are several sort of tech oriented app based, uh, developer heavy technologies that it's invested in. There's a company called Piro, which, is basically an app that's essentially billed as the LinkedIn for the non-degreed. So it's uh, it's really doing well. Uh, you know, there, it's it's really showing some promise. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a company that uh, was was birthed out of uh, another company here in Cincinnati in Mason. Uh, called Claragent, and they do they 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 do AI, right? So they they're listening to voice inflections. You know, twenty five thousand. This this stuff is like science fiction, but it's real. Twenty five thousand, you know, recordings, right? And so they they can help therapists determine the a certain probability of you know whether or not a patient might be on the verge of. Uh, you know, doing something drastic with 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 their life. So, uh, it's it's definitely you know an intervention strategy there, which is pretty amazing stuff. It's a lot of things. I mean, I could talk all day about it, but it's it's absolutely fascinating and wonderful at the same time and complex. So, are you, are you guys getting pitched? There's got to be a million COVID ideas for hey, here's how we can help or yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure if anybody's got an idea to, to cure COVID, but yeah, cover the vaccine. Go get your vaccine. But what I'm saying mm -hmm. is, there's got to be about a hundred ideas coming every day. Going, hey, we want to do this to help. Yeah, I mean, are you hearing that? That's my guess. You know, I don't, I don't know if we're hearing that. COVID is, um, you know, the vaccines that have been coming from. We've had testing, you know, in Cincinnati with with the Inversa. Uh, not the inverse vaccine. The uh, uh, gosh, what what is the vaccine that's been tested here? The the, the main one that came out, the the first one that came out. Uh, 
Are these still testing for kids? Because there, were, there was one that there was one being tested, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Uh, but you know, some of the some of the trials were were early here. But we, I don't know if we've been sort of bombarded by, uh, you know, therapy makers to say, "Hey, back us," because we can we can do this. There are though. Uh, some vaccine uh, companies in the portfolio were doing some great work. So, well, it, uh, but you got to think too, man. If you guys got approached for that, and if you can invest, I mean, that could be. I mean, I, you're trying to make money. I mean, that's obviously yeah, companies like that. That's do the it. goal, right? That's the yeah. goal. To, it's to be bring, a, bring a bring a return on uh, investment for shareholders and investors. So, while it is a state, it's also very, very much. You know, uh, private equity uh, and 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 you know, um, foundations. You know, pe people who are certified uh, to you know to to be investors and give you know give their money to to help it grow. Like that's that's what they do. So you know, that's the that's the goal. You know, to make some money, but but also and also save lives at the same time. That's some great ideas. Now, Byron, the people who listen to this, they even know Craig or me from work. You know, I might be like, hey, I recognize this guy. I recognize his voice. How long has it been since you've been a journalist? I mean, it's been, I'm guessing a year and a half. Yeah. Am I right? Away from journalism? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, believe it or not, it has been, this is August, right? So. Yeah. So I've been officially out of the uh, journalism industry working for a journalism organization for 10 months. Really? Wow. So do you miss me? You're adding, does it feel like, <laughs> oh, yeah. it feel yeah. like two yeah. years? Well, and we had a private conversation a couple of days ago. We'll keep private yeah. for now. But wow. um, what I guess what I'm wondering is, and again, Gannett, if you're listening, I might telling Byron to encourage more people to leave. But, you know, a lot of people, when you look at journalism, you think of, okay, what happens in the future? I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I actually walked away from journalism once. I went in PR marketing for a while, came back into journalism. So I, I can kind of speak to this, but yeah. Byron, you're new at this. You've been out for 10 months. Yeah. I know you miss it from the conversations we have. I mean, not miss it and say, hey, I'm, I'm going back, but it's yeah. not like you're like, I hate it. I'm glad I'm out. But, right. but what's your feeling? It, it, it's I know it's different being in marketing. How mm -hmm. have you approached it? How's it felt to you so far? Um, for the first six months, I didn't think about journalism very much. Mm -hmm. um, I was super focused on my new job and getting it right. Uh, of course, I, I still read my, my friends, um, you know, stories and followed you know, I read a lot of papers, all well, papers, websites, really now, mm. all day, um, throughout the day. But I didn't even think about it. Like it was, I, I was just trying to do my job and get it right. But in the, but but what I would say within the la, la, past four months, uh, you know, I've had some dear friends who have moved around the country, mm -hmm. uh, gotten some pretty substantial promotions in journalism, and I thought, man, what what if, you know? Um, for a moment, but I, you know, is as as that song. I for some reason, and I'm about, I'm about to give everybody an earworm who's listening now. So you know that song, 
by Ike and Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Okay. Uh, well, they made it famous, but also Creedence Clearwater Revival made it famous too. It was called Rolling on the River. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, it said, I left a good job in the city working for the man every night and day, mm -hmm. but I never lost a minute of sleep worried about the way things might have been. That's like, I love that line. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I, I remembered it too, but it's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't even, I'm not looking back right now. I'm just trying Good. to look for it. But I, I, if, I, if I have some comments about journalism, people are still doing some great stuff, yeah. but it's just in different ways. It's oh, not yeah. as many journalists and institutions are not covered the way they should be. Uh, that's what I'm mostly worried about. Uh, corruption, the the I'm worried about the uh, gatekeeping function of journalism and the check, the balances. Uh, I will talk about Donald Trump just a little bit because he he attacked the press. Yeah, called called us enemies of the people. We're not, you know, the press is not an enemy of the people. Now we do a lot of stuff right, and we do a lot of stuff that I say I ah, don't do that. Uh, sometimes we haven't. We haven't, um, you know, done ourselves any favors by, you know, certain behaviors. But man, you know, we we have to be. There has to be a healthy press media in order for democracy to be healthy. You saw that. You see it. So, yeah. Well, it, it to me. I think the lesson I've learned from leaving journals once before is I'm always feeling like I'm a journalist. I always feel like I'm a marketer yeah. because in essence, we market the news. I mean, what we do on you our do. digital desk, you know, you Craig gives a story and we're trying to figure out how to get the most clicks out of it. I mean, that's exactly I know right. it's kind of crass, but that's what we do. Um, but I will say, I think if I ever get asked to leave or if I ever leave on my own to a place where I'm not doing journalism anymore, I think the important thing is do if you feel like you're a journalist, if you don't want to totally get out, do something. Like I choose to do something at, by having this podcast, Craig. Right. Choose to right. do something by, you know, hanging out here doing pop culture stuff. And you've done that. And let's start talking about this before Yeah. We're gonna talk an hour, we're never gonna talk about the book, but you've <laughs> done this because you've talked about some of these issues with this open interrupted book. That man, if you've listened to podcasts for any amount of time, you're like, okay, I know what this is about. Um, right. But in essence, yeah, you're able to talk about what you want to talk about, but it's about a lot of issues that we're considering here in the journalism field and a lot of issues that is very newsworthy to people. Has that kind of felt kept your foot in the door? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, these may be similar columns that we would have read if you stay at the Inquirer, you know? That's right. That's right. I was writing a lot in that book. A lot of a lot of things that I wrote. Uh, Hell, hope interrupted. You know, is a book that I co-authored co with um, former PR communications executive Jennifer Mooney, uh, and so we decided to write each other letters for six months. But we wrote them a lot in you know we wrote them in letter form. But they often took on, you know, the chaptering of the book definitely takes on a lot of creative writing, um, and. I know that, that that I would have probably been writing some of the same things. So that was a good outlet for me, um, even though I was writing it, you know, early in the mornings and and late at night, before and after my my work, mostly at the Inquirer and and then, and then at the uh, other at the other firm. Mm -hmm. But um, 
but but yeah, I mean, it it, it would have it, a lot of the things mirrored what we were obviously thinking about during that time and during that day. So I'll bet you know I wrote a little bit about as you can you know see in the book. I, I, I we were able to write about some of the things that happened at the uh, end of the beginning of the year, and you know I don't want to give away the um, the secrets of the of the book, but you know. Those some are, those are some of the, the the events that I'm sure I would have been writing about had I had a you know a, a column in a major you know publication. And you, we could say that obviously the basic premise of the book is knowing how to talk to other people because mm-hmm. you know you and Jennifer are different politically, you're different from right. your racial background and everything, and we're just trying to figure out a way to talk. So right. Uh, you know, Craig and I are going to do this. Let's, let's approach it this way, and we share it with you. There, there's stuff going on in the news uh, this week, so let's just ask you about that and reference the book. Like, what would you say in the book to that? And we can kind of take the conversation from there. Craig, okay. you got the list. Maybe what? You mind asking like a question from the list, or or composing a question, I guess, from the list, and we can kind of start talking. Yeah, I mean, we and we've talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if you're a sports fan, but the Olympics are going on right now. Um, you know, what, what's your take on the Olympics? Obviously, there's more than just the the sport of it. That that's kind of what it grew out of. It's become very political. It's really kind of crushed nations financially. What what are sort of your opinions, or what would you write about? You know, pertaining towards the Olympics. You know, Craig, what what a great question that is because there's a there's about five things that have happened in the olympics that i would have found some really good columns out of uh not not you know not not excluding our local olympians uh and and you know one happened to uh the the soccer player uh the uh you know here from cincinnati went to mount notre dame my daughter one of my one of my daughters uh was going to mount notre dame and um, you know, so I, so I would have I would have done that as a as a feel good, but you know there were some things that happened. Uh, the the idea of protesting on the Olympic medal podium uh, really sort of caught fire in 1968. Uh, with the uh, with the black gloves and the and the and the and the and the, um, the, 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 the fist uh, representing you know all kinds of protests that were happening in the world in America at the time, and so we had a little bit of that, um, and I, I don't think there's much wrong with that. Frankly, I I, I think athletes should be able to express their uh, opinion. Um, I, I might do it off the podium. I might say the podium is for honoring my, the podium is for, for honoring the champions and respecting the sport, but maybe I'll step off the podium when it's done and I will express myself, not unlike, um, you know, others have done aside. You know, from from that, you know, clearly, and I was going to say Colin Kaepernick, who kneeled on the sidelines. I mean, he didn't do it in the game, or he didn't do it on the field. Um, so I, I, I probably would do that. I don't know, but I have no problem 
with it. Um, you know, what, what, we we had um, what else was there that that happened? Uh, well, the Simone Biles uh, pulling yeah. out of the team competition, and then yeah. many of the individual competitions, obviously yeah. for health issues. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was a pretty big story. A lot of people were had a, a lot of strong opinions on. Um, I'm sure that's probably something that you might have tackled as well in a column. Yeah, you know, uh, mental health is a big deal to me. I tried to write about that as often as I could in, the, in my column when I was writing it. Uh, it's a huge deal. I've got um, got that with close family members. You know, it's in my family. Um, and I was just so proud to see what Simone Biles did when she voluntarily pulled out of the team events uh, and sort of genuflected to her teammates and really sort of empowered them, was cheering in the stands, was, you know, making sure they were okay. To me, that's what a leader does. She did a couple of things. She, um, she showed leadership. She showed what servant leadership truly looks like. Uh, here she is, the best gymnast of all time, stepping back. Uh, talking about mental health, I mean, I know it was a mental thing associated with physical, you know, uh, uh, something that uh, something in your head that manifests itself phys physically without, you know, the twisties. You've heard all, everybody's heard all, all about that. But there's also an enormous amount of pressure that she talked about in her, um, in social media. And she took action to take care of herself first. We need to do more of that. Yeah. And I think historically we haven't been given the, uh, you know, the go ahead to do that because of whatever weakness or, you know, whatever. But we need to set that tone. And she did it. And, and, and we're not machines. I mean, I like playing Madden football. Maybe that says weird stuff about me, but you know when you play Madden football, your guy is like Baker Mayfield or, or Joe Burrow. He's your Bengals guy, so we'll talk mm -hmm. about Joe Burrow. You know they'll grade him a certain grade. You know they'll say he can throw to this level or he can run to this level, whatever the case might be. But it doesn't factor in the fact he's a human being. And yeah, as a professional right. athlete, you might say, well, maybe he can bear handle those things, but he's a human being. You know, who knows right. what's going on for a relationship he might have, or maybe he got in an argument with a family member, you know, and those things affect you. And sometimes you work too hard. I mean, Byron, I'm sure it's happened to you at work. It happened to me. It's happened to Craig. Where sometimes you say, I just need a little bit of time off. And right. we're in so much of a society where we're all machines. Well, Byron, why aren't you working 80 hours every week? You're amazing. You're great. And I think we, lose track of people's humanity. I'm afraid, and I hate to throw out the racism word just throwing it out, but is it because Simone's different than white people out there where we say we forget that Simone's a person like us, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. struggles, and she's got a lot of um, pressure on her. Sure. And, you know, she's living for COVID. You know, Tokyo right. was having horrible things with COVID. Right. So you get to a position where all that stuff comes at you, and you're like, Ugh, I need a day off because she's not a man rating. She's right. a human being, a person. You know? Right. So. You know, that's it. That's another good point. I had a friend who happened to be African-American uh, when 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 uh, Simone first stepped down. And um, this friend talked about the enormous pressure that 
uh, black people have had historically in doing for, you know, being the first to do things and imagine the pressure that they had. Well, I think there's a, I think there happens to be a point to be made on, on that front. Um, but I have, I have absolutely uh, started to realize in my life that you can't minimize anyone's pain because yeah. it's their pain and I'm not that person. So we don't, who are we to know how much a person can take? And not only that, we don't even know the amount of stress that someone might be under or, and how it's impacting their, their particular brain. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go a step further. I mean, you know, Simone, you know, we've run a lot by her, especially here in Columbus, because, you know, she's got ties to Columbus, but you know, Simone's been in the foster care system and believe me, I've had two kids upstairs that right. have been in that and right. things set them off. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It, it could be something very simple. It could be having mm -hmm. a great day and stuff. So again, I, I don't say this at all of criticism. It's understand who she is. We're all people and that's who we are most importantly of all. So, right. Several of the other things I, t I told you, you know, originally I started off saying probably about five things, you know, I'll probably talk about athletes performing with, without, without their support systems. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we know how, how it is when you're, when you're, so COVID has affected all of us because most of us are working. Some of us were working alone or at home remotely, you know, for a while, but those who are working on teams, you know, it's kind of hard on teams, like with your team, it becomes challenging and this is yeah. just work right this is just fellowshipping with with others so imagine that you know you're used to having the energy and there really is energy in in a crowd um and then you don't have that so that's one you know you've got young you've got young people you know a 13 year old you know skateboarder or whatever uh she's there with her dad of course but i mean you got young people who are strong but are still human and having to do all that alone like that's that's it. COVID. The fact that COVID made a resurgence there, we delayed it a year, and you still didn't have, you still couldn't travel there. Right. I mean, we just don't know right now about right. what's going on. So yeah, all 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 that, all that. Well, and I'll be honest. I'm looking today. I mean, you know, we're taping this on um, August fourth. We'll try to get this out tomorrow, but it, mm -hmm. it was like twenty. What was it? Twenty seven hundred cases, or, or I mean, it was high, very high right. today in terms of new COVID cases. And there was a sense, and we talked about this at work. There was a sense of, oh boy, here we go again. And maybe we see it more because we're looking at the news all the time. You're not necessarily looking at the news, but that can get to you. I mean, yeah, you, you know, and I, you know, it. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm impressed. My boss checks in on us. And not just to say, hey, are you listening? Are you doing everything? How are you? You know, so I said, that's, right. that's really important this time. So it's good. That is so good. Um, that's important in the workplace to have people yeah. that you feel like have your back. You know, um, that's, that's as important as getting work done. That's yeah. more important, actually. You know, if, you, if you're responsible for a team, you got to take care of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, we don't have a ton of time left, but we should talk about COVID because that has definitely. How would you recommend? I mean, Craig and I, 
I, I don't know, Craig. I think we feel some more about COVID from a lot of times we've talked about it. Maybe let's ask the COVID question this way. Okay, I have friends that have not got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. How can we talk so to those people who don't have the vaccine under the lens of your book in terms of how do we make for a better conversation? Mm-hmm. How are we not... How do we have this conversation without yelling and screaming at each other? Because right. obviously it's happening, and I think that's part of the reason why our rates are lower, and we all hate each other right now. So <laughs> how would – well, not yeah. all of us, but, you know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of just division, which is awful. Yeah. How would you propose we do that? So if Craig's talking to a buddy of his that hasn't had the vaccine, how, how can you approach that conversation in a helpful way that helps build up the relationship – while him getting out whatever point he needs to make to his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I would do is, um, just as I do when I'm, you know, talking to someone and I'm trying to convince them to, to see a different way, which is, you know, what we try to do in the book. Hope interrupted. We have to, um, we have to have hope that we will, that, that this will end one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what I what I do, I talk about my personal, you know, journey. I will tell I, I tell people when I took the when I took the COVID shots, uh, I had the Pfizer shots. Uh, gosh, I think it was in May, I believe. I'm trying to remember, but um, like around the first when they were available, I have my results right over there. But I or the proof. But I but I took my shot and I and I it gave me. Because first of all, I believe in science. We have a history around the world of eradicating horrible, horrible diseases. That's why you don't have a lot of people, you know, breathing with iron lungs and, you know, not walking because of polio. Um, We have eradicated horrible diseases through vaccines. And there was a time, there's always been anti-vaxxers, but the, but the fact that there are so many out there now who want to take their own lives and the lives of others and jeopardize them because they won't take the vaccine, hey, I think the, the, the upside of taking the vaccine to me outweighs the downside, which is death and sickness. The, the data are showing that um, the, you know, in the 90% of people who are being hospitalized and are dying are people who haven't been vaccinated. That would be enough for me. So that's how I convinced them. I said, I, I felt the responsibility to take the shot, uh, and help others. So how do you respond? Yeah, the yeah, so. conversation, and it's a productive way of handling You're not beating people in the head or anything, but how do you part as friends that you, where you can still talk to a particular person without yelling and screaming and maybe they say no because they believe in a crazy conspiracy theory or maybe they yeah. say no because they have a feeling that it's not right, uh, right. like uh, how do you say his name? Uh, DeChambeau is it oh, Bryson yeah. oh, DeChambeau? Bryson DeChambeau the golfer? Yeah, there was a story yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he got COVID he, he had to miss the Olympics um, and they were attacking by it. and his thought was hey I'm young I'm going to take the vaccines away if I'm saying it. Now, it's clear that there's vaccines all over the place. I mean, I don't think you have to worry about, you know, getting the last vaccine. But mm-hmm. how, how do you talk to somebody like that 
because you don't want to say, hey, screw you, I never want to talk to you again. You mm-hmm. want to still keep that relationship. So what happens if you have that conversation, the other person isn't in agreement, and then how, how do you end up without you know, saying, okay, I'm not talking to you again? I mean, how do you keep that relationship going? Sometimes you have to cut off relationships. Um, mm. If they want to come around to you, they're not going to come in my house without having been vaccinated or okay. wearing a mask. Cause I'm trying to protect my family. Like that's, that's the main thing. I'm trying to protect myself first. I am health compromised. I have a condition that if I caught COVID, I might not make it out um, based on the way COVID acts. And, but what and, if it's a conversation with somebody in California where, yeah, you may consider my oh, friend, but you know, who knows, you know, unless they come to society, they may not go to your house at all. You yeah. It's like relationship over zoom or StreamYard or whatever. I would say, you know, if we do, I, I would say, I do respect your legitimate concerns as you believe them. Like some people believe it's believe things about, you know, for say have religious reasons that they won't take it. I said, but personally, I believe the science and here's what the data show. And I feel like that is something that's irrefutable. I hope you'll reconsider. Okay. But I don't but I don't, I don't think that ends up just like, you know, you disagree with people. It takes it takes maturity. But this isn't about maturity. You know, you disagree with people politically. This isn't necessarily about maturity. It's really about life and death at the end of the day um, and yeah. sickness. So I hope you'll reconsider because I, I want to see you next year. I don't want you to die of COVID. And the data show that you're going to be likely to get sick sicker if you get it than I will with my, you know, having gotten the vaccine. And, and with politics, you think the tone helps? Because the way you're mentioning to me, I mean, unless I'm a really angry person, I'm not going to get mad at you about what you're saying. You think if we could calm the tone down, does that help mm-hmm. our political arguments and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, you might you might see it, Chris. Sometimes I, when the, when the heat is up nationally, and it's been that way for a long time, uh, it's still that way. Uh, I, I'll, I often post, you know, a picture of Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan laughing together. And to me, that reminds me of a time when even though they were the staunchest of, you know, uh, opposition politically, but they kept politics, politics, they kept friendship, friendship. Yeah. And they, and we should look, we, you know, politics requires you to think critically and argue ideas. Ideally, uh, lately, we've we've elected people who play to the to the fringes, and they have um, media outlets. And I'm not talking about just TV. I'm not talking about Fox and CNN. They have media outlets that will perpetuate their their particular thought and win them votes. Yeah. Some people just say exclude, you know, exclude whole, you know, they don't they don't have they don't look critically at all media. People used to read, you know, different opinions and then form their own viewpoints. It's not there now. So that's that's happened. I hope we can tone it down. I doubt if we will. I doubt if, I doubt if we will. People as long as we have these outlets where people play to a certain 
certain base. Uh, I don't have a ton of hope that we will tone politics down. Uh, I do want us to badly. I, I told Craig, and I couldn't live with myself if I did that, but I told Craig, man, our show would be 500 times more popular if we went one way or the other. Because, you know, that seems to be what gets everybody all revved up, you know. Mm-hmm. Craig was, like, very right-wing or very liberal. We could just, you know, yell right. each other. Our problems were too much in the middle, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just... It's it's fru- it, does it get frustrating though because you know I have friends and family that I really like and respect, but I just can't see their argument here for not getting vaccinated. I don't I don't know it, I, maybe it's me, but you hear the conspiracy theories that they and maybe being a journalist like magnifies it because when someone tells me about these conspiracy theories, I just say how can you be so gullible? to say that and then say that we're fake news when it's the exact opposite. But does it get frustrating from your point of view when you talk <laughs> to people that are, you know, the people that are the magnet, you know, they're, they're, they're going to turn into like a magnet or something, or, you know, <laughs> they talk, you know, they talk about you're going to die from the, from the vaccine because no one knows what's put in it. Dead babies are put in it. There's this that's put in it. I mean, does it get frustrating from your point of view to, to have to deal with people that I'm sure you've dealt with that you love and respect that probably come with that kind of an argument to it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a short answer, right? I mean, obviously we, we, we would hope those people, you know, would, would come to their senses. But, um, but again, you know, if, if someone is, gonna bring up a counter argument that's not based on any type of logic or science uh, I'm gonna feel sorry for them when they when and if they get sick and they're still not gonna believe it uh, sometimes you know uh, my my mother-in-law has has a saying you know a fool who who knows not that that he that he knows not that he's a fool, you know, it's something, something like that. But it's, it's, it's basically saying you can't, you can't do anything about it. Right. Like if a person is going to be bent on believing that, you know, babies are in the vaccine. I mean, come on, how, how are you going to refute that? You can't, you can't argue that because it's, you know, when we talk about in, um, you know, in, in, uh, in communication strategy, it's hard to argue, you know, a negative, or it's hard to argue an untruth um, against something that's just totally whack. Um, well, what, what, yeah. Yeah, I say too. If you're if you're against vaccines, don't bring God into it. I, I mean, okay, if you feel like you can't get a vaccine, make a choice. That's fine. But right. stop, you know, drawing Bible passages that talk about vaccines. And, you know, I've, I've actually told people that are, are completely, you know, going, hey, if you get the vaccine, it's a mark of the beast. I'm like, you know, God's control. If I feel like I'm going to heaven, if the worst happens, it, like if we all totally misunderstand this and it's Bill Gates trying to kill off half America or whatever the latest conspiracy theory is, hey, if you know Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, 
I, I don't. I say that really sarcastic, but it's, I don't right. believe any of these conspiracy theories. But sure. it, it it just it, it saddens me when we throw Christ and God into it. Because yeah. if you look at it and you say, "Hey, you know, we're we're trying to share with others His message," and you're polluting it with conspiracy theories, it, it just sucks. Hey, so I'm, I'm, oh yeah. I, I, I just want to plug your book in a minute, but yeah, yeah I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was just going to say, you know, it, it makes me I was watching the news report and it makes me concerned. Some of the parents who don't want their kids to wear masks, that's the same kind of issue. Um, so it's it's out there all over. And I'll, I'll just leave it there. It's yep. have some concerns about that as we sort of move into this next school year. All right. Well, let's plug yourself because we got to go in a few minutes. I want to make sure we get your plugs in. So on this network, um, there's also Hope Interrupted feed on the podcast. So type in Ohio and they're Hope Interrupted and, and you have weekly shows where they're talk about these same issues. Um, yes. Yeah. Who we got this week? You're, you're taping this week, right? Oh, yes. Yes. We're taping this week. We have a, a pretty amazing guest. Okay. Uh, there, we're having a book author. Her name is Julie Whitney. She's been in communications uh, around for for a long time. She wrote a book during COVID as well, uh, and it's about a it's about a corporate jet that was put down in a hangar over COVID, and it, it had some adventures and it was lonely in there. It's a children's book, so I, I think she's uh, so she's going to talk about. She has a lot of themes in that book that that she addresses as well. She she used it. As told through an airplane, um, her some of her family members uh, are in the aviation industry, and uh, I think it's a great premise. So we're going to be talking about that along with other sort of issues, sort of like we're talking about tonight, because she addresses a lot in that book. And I like the podcast, not just because we're working all the working together on the podcast, but yeah, it kind of extends the conversation for the first book. I know yeah. you're talking. Uh, we're probably not supposed we can announce it yet, but I know you're talking about maybe future writings, maybe future Correct. classes, or yeah. other stuff you can do. So check yeah, out the yeah. podcast. And but thank you. Let's say this. Oh well, it helps all of us. <laughs> we should all be thinking each other. But um, But also check out the book. Please, yeah. you know, check the podcast. But you know, check out the book. That's why Byron wrote it. Where can we buy the book at? I mean, Craig and I know by now, but yeah. in case somebody's out there saying, I want to check out this book, where, where can they buy it? Yeah, or well, if you're in Cincinnati, it's in all the the good bookstores. Okay. Uh, Ro- Roebling Books over in Newport is there. Uh, Covington, I should say. Uh, what, what's the what's at the foot of the Roebling's Bridge? It's in Joseph Beth, but, you know, the, the easiest place to get it is at Amazon.com, obviously. Okay. And, um, and then you can go to Orange Fraser Press as well. They'll mail you no, you won, but um, it's you know Amazon's easy. Uh, we're, we're we're we've been getting um, a lot of um, interest. Sales are really picking up. I think people Good. are trying to trying to you know uh, read books in the, over the summer, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Um, man, yeah. just uh, yeah. The holidays are coming. You know I mean? The holidays are coming. They, yes. they, make, they make great Christmas gifts, Chris. Right. Uh, you can, you know, get buy several. That's right. what we're about. We're, we're ultimately, really, we want to we want to be real with people. We want to be authentic, and we want to meet people where they were. Like this is, and we want to ask people to engage in conversations with each other, like yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Not get mad. Not get mad. 
but express their side of things uh, and and be hopeful while doing it. Well, I made the mistake of bringing up Skyline Chili, and there was some anger. Thankfully, we, we uh, said we're not talking about that anymore. Oh, oh, well, we, we don't end this with anger, so no, it's good. Yeah. Well, I have well, a friend who's deceased who said it's the it's the most delicious gravy he's ever tasted. <laughs> he, I can good. say that now. I'm not going to name him. So Okay. Well, well we're yeah. sorry, Cincinnati, and uh, Dave Clark from the Inquirer. If you choose to write about this, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Byron, thanks so much. It's always a joy to have Thank you on. You. Come back anytime. Um, we'll have to have your co-author, Jennifer, on. I just talked to her yeah. the other day. She's tied up, but we'll have her on another yeah. time. Yeah, um, that would be great. That would be great. We'll, we'll love to come back. Take well, care. Thanks. thanks so much, Byron. Uh, hang on for a second. And for everyone else, thanks for checking out the Highland. Check out our sponsors. Share us with your friends. Uh, just anything you can do to support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.